All right, listeners, we have some exciting news to share. Once again, the entire Deeply Graphic Design team will be partnering with the Adobe Max Creative Conference this October 15th through the 17th in Los Angeles, California. Designers from all over the world come to Adobe Max to up-level their work, their process, and the creative journey. Max is the perfect blend of information and inspiration, practical knowledge, and creative magic. Not only will we be there for live interviews and episodes, but the Adobe team has also arranged a special discount for all of our DGDC listeners. Use the code DGDC to receive your discounted rate and stay tuned for more information on future episodes. We can't wait to meet you guys at Adobe Max. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikkel Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right. Back together again. Another week, another show. I want to thank everybody for continuing to listen. Lo, these many years we've been on (laughs) the air here. So, and and if we picked up any new ones along the way, we're glad to have you on board. Yeah, welcome. Welcome aboard. Welcome to the party. And if you are, if you are new, uh, we do want to remind you there are like over 60 classic episodes that (laughs) iTunes does not have. Yeah, I, I classics and uh, air quotes. I love it. That are not on the iTunes feed anymore. Uh, the only way to get those is by going to the deependdesign.com slash classics and you'll pay with a tweet and then you'll get access to the Google Drive of all the back episodes, all the foundations that you need to know. So uh other than that, what's what's new with you get with you guys? Nick, you got something new there. I know. Yeah, so I finally uh after two years of waiting <laughs> <laughs> got the new iPhone and I got the I skipped the eight and I skipped the X, which is weird. There was never Isn't a nine, a right? Funny sentence. Finally, <laughs> yeah. after two years. Of oh waiting. my god! I know. <laughs> yeah. How that's did I world. have enough patience? You're so deprived. God, what is wrong? <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, and I got I just was sold on. You know, I've been re- I've loved how great the camera options have become on the phone. So, like that to me has become kind of like the one of those driving forces and seeing what they announced with it uh was great so i was kind of like let's uh do it and i got the x s plus or max right <laughs> god it's getting really the confusing max, at this I know, point. Ter- steve jobs terms. the max XL so the plus. max is the bigger version the of plus. the x the plus size yeah i don't know why they just didn't it's like so bizarre that they went off like the the train or the track of what they've had it just doesn't make sense to me so i'm like whatever it's called i don't care it's um what I love yeah. about it is I did have a seven plus, so I got used to the larger size, and you know how easy it is yeah. to get used to these things. You're it's like, an wow, adjustment. I, you're you look at the old one, you go, that was so tiny. Yeah. What was I thinking? So right, um, yeah. it's the same size. And now you can't you go revert back. back. So you don't go back. You'll never yeah. be able to revert back. Yeah. So now the screen goes like to the edges, which is cool. And biggest difference is no home button. And I I love seeing people talk about that because they're like, I, me too. I was kind of like, how could you not have the home button? Like. It's impossible. And in five I've minutes, I've heard that being a complaint. In five minutes, you are 
you don't even need it and you wonder why it was ever there. It's so effortless yeah. now with the swipe up and uh, and even getting home anywhere you are, it's super easy. That's not, so don't let it, if that's a thing that's kind of making you stop looking at these, totally cool. Um, but the camera. Yeah, I heard the number one complaints damn. were that and the um, skinny narrow sizing. Yeah, so so far so good. I, I love it because it is, it is a little bit larger scale. You can read, you got more info on the screen. If you're scrolling through email, you see a lot more of that email without scrolling. It's like little things like that just kind of have added up. Um, you can obviously take advantage of a lot of it by just doing your system update. With Do you guys get annoyed? You I mean, with what? assuming that you don't wear immerses. All the time. Do you guys get annoyed that you, if you're not wearing a jacket, you throw these large devices into your back pocket or whatever and they're visible? I'm, yeah, welcome yeah. to being a guy, Mikhail. Yeah. Like, these <laughs> girls have, I, Sometimes I'm jealous of women for having purses and like bags they can put things in. Like, yeah, yeah I, I hate having to put all my shit like in your pocket. Yeah, it's keys. It's this. That's why I have my wallet built onto the back. So of you my can phone. Yeah, you've, you've I like changed, that. You've shortened that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, but you lose your phone and you're fucked. Yes, I know. Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, I know. I thought of that big time when I used to have the wallet thing on the back with like. But it keeps you yeah. it keeps you really like slim on the content on of that too, which is well, cool. sure, and right? just more cognizant of yeah. of where it's at all the time. Um, I, I'm usually yeah, I'm okay because like, I have my I have my backpack kind of with me if I'm at school or with a client, and that's usually most of the time okay. that I'm out of the office. Except yeah. for you mm -hmm. know if it's just nighttime stuff or entertaining or weekends, I've gotten used to it in the pocket and being okay yeah, with it. Yeah, because I see guys walking around with, in their front pocket and you can see visibly, you know, yes. the, the plus size and it just looks so yeah. uncomfortable. That's what she said. VPL. <laughs> visible phone line. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. It's fall. It happens, you know. <laughs> I know. I know. But <laughs> what are you going to do, man? Like, what, well, that's maybe a good reason to look at, like, I love people who have told me that with the watch and they got the third model, which has the 3G, which has cellular. You you don't even need your phone with you. Sometimes. You don't need your phone. Although, Maybe the whole, yeah. yeah. So if you I mean, work from your phone, though, you oh can't, no, I don't no, you can't. It's there for just the phone call and the connection. So yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, and all we want is the bigger sizes in the phones. So it's kind of like sure they're answering it. And but I guess fan, I heard fanny packs are coming back. <laughs> believe it or not, I did too. Oh, fanny packs. There was an the NPR left. segment about that. <laughs> in my world, according to West, and yes. <laughs> and they're going to just because women have been so agitated that their pants, even fashion ones, don't mm -hmm. come more and more with large pockets front and back. Like uh, a lot of women's pants don't. So, yeah, I've never wham, noticed. Wham wham. Um, wham wham. Yeah. Call, somebody call the ambulance. Well, you know what's going to make us all feel better what's about the that? pocket situation? Tell us. That's our friends at Skillshare. Yes. Skillshare basically puts everything right in your pocket in terms of things you need to learn. You can do it even on your phone. How about that? So, damn. We love Skillshare. If you're listening to the show, that means you like learning new skills, right? So, Skillshare has it right in the name. I use them all the time if you just want to learn a new software program. Like when I, you know, switched over to XD, I learned a lot at Adobe Max last year, but then I went on and supplemented my skill set 
with Skillshare.com. And if you if you don't know yet, they're an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in design, photography, marketing, freelancing, design, all that good stuff. Uh, you can take classes in the little stuff or the big stuff. You name it, they've got it. So if you're trying to deepen your skill set or start a side hustle, little side piece, <laughs> or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving every step of the way. And I was on there today, and I found a few cool little classes that I think people might enjoy. Uh, one's called Freelancing for Creatives, Strategies and Resources from First Leap to Finances, mm. uh, which sounds pretty cool to me. Um, and then another one called Branding Your Creative Business, Designing Your Logo. So, nice. you know, just, and those are just two. They've got 20,000 of these babies. So basically, we're in love with them. Uh we want you to join the millions of students already on Skillshare.com today with a special offer just for our listeners. You can get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents, you guys. That's right. Skillshare is offering the Deeply Graphic Design Cast listeners two months of unlimited access to those 20,000 plus classes for just 99 cents. So to sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash graphic. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash graphic to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash graphic. All right. So on with the show. And today we've got a topic that I feel very strongly about. <laughs> and it's it's all about creating your client persona. So basically this is a twofer. So you can use this for defining and creating your own client persona, which is really going to help you um, get your messaging right on your website and really know exactly what your ideal client needs to know and what they need to hear when you're talking to them. Because whether we like it or not as designers, we're also salespeople. Yes. We have to sell ourselves. And the, the first step is knowing who's on the other side of you, who's that client. And the other way you can use this to your advantage is if you get these concepts down, you can offer this as basically part of your package to your clients. And it's a, it's a really necessary first step. Um, we've talked about this before on the show. I don't start any uh, client project these days without first nailing down the persona. Mm -hmm. um, some people call it avatar, persona, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, it's just really... It's a really useful exercise for me to ask a bunch of questions of my client about their clients and their customers so that now I know what kind of website we need to make. Yeah. Because without it, you're just kind of you're kind of a slave to trends in that kind of and to just totally. design choices. Yeah. And how else do you keep, get uh, the chance to make your clients stand out? And this is based on true data and, and DNA of who they are and who their their consumer should be. And I love that you brought up too, you're yeah. going to do this anyways, so make it worth your while and charge for it. Like make it a separate entry if you're yeah. looking for ways to beef up that invoice. This is something you're going to have to do and it works yeah. great. Well, you say that, Nick, but I, I can't tell you how many clients I talk to on the phone who say that no other designer has ever broached this with them. Mm -hmm. Or if they have, it's mm -hmm. been a really shallow like – yeah. What are what are their age? What's their age and yeah, mm -hmm. you know, are they male? Just or female? asking That's demographic kind of based questions and jotting down yeah. notes and, without and any visuals. It. Well, yeah. then uh, here's your way to stand out even right because it's like to me yeah. 
if no one's doing it, then you, you should be doing, obviously you should be doing it. We, I think we've agreed when we've talked about like discovery and everything else in the past, how important this is. So we know we're going to do mm -hmm. it. And that's why we're pushing everyone to say, include this. It's so important, yeah. man. It's so important. It's made a night important. and day difference in the last year since I've been using it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And feel free to jump in. I've kind of got my list of criteria and what I want to say, but feel free to jump sure. in and throw in your two cents yeah. as we go. So basically, if anyone's unaware, a persona is basically, it sounds kind of silly at first, and some of my clients think it's kind of a silly exercise, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's basically coming up with a fictionalized customer that's based on everything you know about your real ones. I love that. So yeah. So if this is for your business, you're basically coming up with kind of a character who is your ideal client. She's got a name. She's got a, a title. She's got needs and wants and objections to everything you say. Um, so it's good to nail it down. So today we're going to focus on, you know, how to create it for a business who caters to other businesses. Because if you're a designer, you're not generally probably catering to consumers you're catering to businesses. Those mm -hmm. are the ones that have the money. Um, and that requires its own set of criteria and questions you need to answer uh, when you're doing it that way. So, and it's always important to remember, even in B2B marketing, which is what we're all doing as designers, um, it's really easy to get caught in the trap of thinking we're talking to a company, but we're not. We're talking to a person. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if, if we're going after Nike as a client. It's still a person or maybe a group of people, but people yeah. that we need to appeal to. Yeah. So don't ever forget that. Um, so why is it important to create a persona for your business or for your client's business? Um, it's the best way to put a face to your customer. Uh, just like looking at a bullseye helps you aim a dart. You know, it helps you keep your eye on that. Keeping your eye on that persona is going to help you make sure that your website messaging is on, on target. And you're always kind of saying the right things. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, keeps your digital marketing messaging and targeting sharp as well, um, which keeps your ad costs down. So if you're running any kind of Facebook ads to your website, not sure if our average listener is or isn't, but there will come a day when you're going to want to start advertising. And that's what makes Facebook advertising so great. Yeah. You can pinpoint to the, your customers. Like to the exact like oh yeah exactly who they are yeah so i it, exactly. it, so like when you are in this zone i think too even in the beginning stages before you are doing a lot of that stuff and making ads and and all that it also is like it eliminates you doing a lot of work in areas that probably aren't relevant because you're so much more focused when you're designing or doing the first few stages of your work or the comps of your work which, yeah. which is so great like i i i love that advantage yeah, and it yeah. keeps you from falling into that trap of, oh, I want to target everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, that's such a um, – luckily, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a lot less resistance to that lately when I do this with my clients. Um, I think there's more information out there, and this is a, more of an accepted concept now than it used to be. So, yeah. But I used to get so much pushback when I'd ask a client, oh, so who is your customer? Like, everybody. Yeah. Teens, grandmothers, everybody loves it. Yeah. So I was like, eh, yeah. 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 Probably that response not. Is a bit of a turnoff. Uh, you know what the a good answer is? I used to support is? a local Seattle based agency um, that were strict, strictly brand strategists. 
And this was a part of their exercise with every client and they didn't have an in-house design team. So they outsourced to MKM to prepare these, I mean, literally, literally illustrations of all personas to depict mm. their clientele brand brands and sub brands. And it absolutely was an experience mm. and exercise that, that from which I gained how crucial it truly yeah. is to any given project. Yeah. That was just lucky that I was hired specifically to generate <laughs> personas, don't you think? I mean, yeah, but you had to that was you had to figure it out awesome. and you learned from it, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, but is they that how really you kind of learned the whole process? I did. That's how I learned okay. years ago. And Yeah. And and when I say years ago, I mean I mean like 8 years ago. So this was a part of their process, their discovery process from the get-go. And maybe brand strategy strategy agencies run a little differently than independent practices like ourselves, right? But mm -hmm. that just gave way. That just went to show um, that, you know, it's not a, a, a recent trend. Like, it's been necessary for brand purposes and identification to mm -hmm. nail this down early in the process. Yeah. And companies that get it right are really going to benefit. And the companies that are resistant to it, they're just going to keep spinning their wheels. Um, Shooting at a blank wall. For, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that goes for you and your uh, design business as well. You know, if, if you don't, if you continue to think that your services are for everybody, none of your messaging is really going to ever land anywhere because you're just kind of mm -hmm. scattershotting it out mm -hmm. and you're trying to be so general that you're never getting to anyone's pain point. Because you can't possibly answer every person's pain point. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a good so, way to look at it. You know, I always tell them too, yeah. like if, when they can't decide, it's like, well, then when they say we want to be appealing to everyone, then say, but we have to build something around a core. So who is your super fan? Who is the who's the ultimate person that you see who will be as loyal as an Apple person running to get the next phone like this dork over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's important to, to note too, because yeah. And I always explain this to my clients who do put up kind of a fight. It's like, it doesn't mean that you can't attract people outside of your ideal persona. Um, you can, but you still want to talk to that 80% of, or that 20% of people that are going to give you 80% of your business which is usually how it breaks yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. So cuz everyone else has added value, but like at least direct yourself into the idea of who that person is and what's going right. to what what's going to talk to them best about getting him and persuading him over. Yep, exactly. So let's talk for a minute about how specifically to create um, how to kind of define who you're going after. So the first thing you should do is you you should start refining it down to um, two things. The most ideal customers you want to work with the most, mm -hmm. who you love working with. And then also, this is also important, you have to make sure that these people are also um, either the decision makers or at least the gatekeepers who you need to initially attract. So, you know, you're, it would be, you know, doing yourself a disservice if you decided that your customer avatar was going to be, I don't know, the you know, Peggy in HR or something like she, she's not the one who, 
she's not the one who makes that call. So it's yeah. got to be, yeah. you know, in most cases, if you're working with businesses, it's going to be the marketing manager. Yeah. Or if you're working with smaller businesses, it might just be the owner, the, owner. the business owner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And you can have both of those. You can have an, an alpha and a beta mm-hmm. for sure. But I would encourage you to have to put them in order and not have two equal personas. One's got to win. this can right? also be conquering a battle <laughs> yeah. because you're only – exposed for potential work of course but even when something freshly kicks off you're only exposed to so many internal personnel of a company right Mm -hmm. so it could be that the lead generator of sales department for example isn't on that call and you really need to get in touch with him or her Mm -hmm. so there's no there's no reason you shouldn't ask your point of contact um, is there anybody missing from this call or can I get in touch with, you know, you could do a little bit of studying ahead of time and look at their about us page and figure out those that have leadership within the organization to kind of pick their brains if, you know, you request oh, yeah. in a way that's. Well, and I, you, you read my mind, Mikkel, cause that's one of the things I was going to say next is, okay. you know, when you're talking about, let's say if you're doing this for a client, yeah. you want to know who their personas are, you need to start with what you know, your client knows about them. And if your client is the marketing manager that you're speaking with, she may have very limited um, conversations in her past with their customers. That's when the sales team, like you just said, comes in handy. You want to get the people who've had most of those conversations with customers um, because that's the only way you're going to really get inside their heads. You know, the marketing Mm -hmm. manager generally is more guessing the sales team <laughs> they've had these conversations they know what the what they're the out in the field yeah to say they're talking exactly. and they're talking to probably the, the retailers that buy their stuff so they're getting even more insight from the consumer themselves as to mm-hmm. who they are yeah. and what makes them tick yeah yep mm-hmm. exactly so it's about starting with what you know this can be either for you or for your clients where there's a lot of just kind of pontificating and thinking about looking at the past, kind of think, thinking of what the things you've heard are. But then if you really want to take this to a level where it's really powerful, you're going to need to conduct some interviews um, with past customers or clients, even unhappy ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sure. And as uncomfortable as that sounds, you know, right. think about if you're doing this for your own business, your own design business, mm-hmm. the be- one of the best things you can do is talk to an old client who may not have had a great experience mm-hmm. or who mm-hmm. taught, who you had on a sales call who didn't end up hiring you because you want to know why they didn't hire you or mm-hmm. what made them unhappy so that you can address that and you can move forward, like learn from that mistake and keep moving forward. Because um, if, you know, if, you, if you create these personas without the interviews – um, or if it's just a bunch of happy interviews, you're going to miss the mark yeah. on a lot of stuff um, if it's just left to your imagination and the people that ended up being happy. So you want to get the motives and objections dialed in correctly um, the first time because mm-hmm. you know you may think that people, their biggest objection might be your pricing, you know, and if like, oh, I had, I had five sales calls this week and, uh, None of them hired me. I think it's because I'm too expensive. But until you actually ask them what their problem was, 
Maybe it was pricing. Um, maybe it was a lack of confidence in your track record mm-hmm. or something that you said that turned them off. So it's really it, that's why it's really important to get those interviews and not just make it all up in your head. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I know it's not nice to hear maybe the negatives, but you're right. That's kind of how you're going to change and turn things around if you don't talk to the person who has the real reason why it didn't click or why it didn't uh, mm-hmm. you know, make a sale regardless of what area you're looking at here. I think Uber's a perfect example. They they went through a massive kind of issue and distrust and people were kind of like mm-hmm. their perception changed and the new CEO comes in and changes their entire look and they even changed who their persona is and who they're going after now and all their advertising. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they had, to, and a lot of times looking at brands that have to do this because of, you know, bad PR or bad situation, that's the nucleus of their change was all the negative. So, uh, you know, and they seem to be rejuvenating kind of this, I don't know if you've seen their new commercials now, but it's so beautiful the way they're approaching it. It's like it has a heart now and it didn't have a heart before. And that's all they did. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting. Really cool. Yeah. And, and big companies kind of have this right. They have whole teams that, that do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's a little more, you know, daunting to the oh, small gosh, business yeah. owner like us. Yeah. And, and what might, you know, basically what I might recommend if you're doing this for you and your business and you're trying to talk to someone who you've already talked to who didn't hire you, that might feel uncomfortable for both of you. Mm-hmm. So what I might recommend is pair up with someone else who where you can do this for each other. Yeah. You know, like good idea. You can say like I'm, you know, this is Wes from um from Mikkel's from MKM Design and I want I just want to have a conversation with you <laughs> about what went wrong. So it's not Mikkel saying I want to know what I said that made you not want yeah. to hire because that <laughs> sure. can come across as confrontational and uncomfortable and you may not get a truthful answer. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you need the, the good cop, bad cop situation. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely want to find um, some good customers and a few not so good ones. Um, and just tell them, you know, in order to get them on board, just say how much you value their input and you'd be surprised how many people will agree to it because they just want to be heard. Yeah. Whether it's a good outcome or a bad outcome, um, especially if you have someone else kind of conducting that interview for you. And so this is something you can do for your clients. You could possibly be the one who is that conduit in the middle who's doing the interviewing yourself. Yep. And they'll be a little more honest with you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because you're kind of an outside person. Yeah. Kind of an outside consultant. Um, And, you know, Tips to get them. So obviously, you may have to offer some kind of incentives for certain people. Um, your happiest customers, they may be willing just to do it because they like you. Uh, <laughs> but unhappy customers, and if you're talking about cold interviews who, um, you know, you may have just talked to once or twice on the phone who didn't end up hiring you, you may have to give them something, mm-hmm. um, whether that's kind of a free service. Discount. Um, or a discount of some kind. Um, but what I've found and what I've seen, what's kind of most widely used are gift cards. Ah, mm-hmm. great idea. Like a, you know, like a $25 or $50 gift card. Um, Amazon. Know, I would recommend an Amazon. Perfect. Sure. So, so it's not even a card at that point. It's just kind of emailing them a code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, and just make it for, 
Yeah, and I'd say $50 is a good amount that'll make it worth it for them for like a 20-minute phone call. And also to, to make sure more people say yes, really make it clear up front that this is not going to be a sales pitch. Because I think some yeah, people sure. would look at this as like, okay, and this is really <laughs> going to be something different. Yes. Um, yeah. And the other thing I would say is I know a lot of people are going to are listening to this thinking, oh, I could just send out a survey. I highly recommend against sending out questions to fill out online because think about what's going to happen. You're going to send out this list of questions. They'll open it and be like, uh, you might do uh, the first one and then you're done. Just straight away. Yeah. I do that with everything. (laughs) I know. Who doesn't? We all do that. The the most, much better thing to do is just to like make, get them to, to agree to a time and then they're more likely to do it. And then you call them, you record the call, you ask the questions and just get the responses. It's much easier for them. And they would, the average person would rather have a conversation than fill out a form. Mm-hmm. It's like taking a test. Like who, no one wants to do that. Right? Never. So, <laughs> so I know you're probably thinking, Wes, this sounds great, but how many of these people do I need to talk to? I'd say three to five is probably a good number. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the, too the, overwhelming. The no, and that's the thing. Like, and how you really know you've had enough is when the answers start becoming predictable. And then you, know, you, you yeah, start asking the questions, nothing new, like nothing and new. You can kind of, per- yeah. Once you can kind of predict what they're going to say, then you know you can probably stop because mm-hmm. you've kind of gotten to the root of it at that point. So hmm. um, there's a lot of different questions that you can ask, and I'll actually leave a link to a Google Doc with those questions. Um, so if you go to the the episode page for this episode, I'll leave that there as a downloadable just Google Docs. You can see all the questions I ask. There's there's quite a few. I don't need to get into all of them right now. But basically they, you know, they talk about the specific role in the company, the company itself, goals, challenges, how they learn, uh, personal background and shopping preferences. So um, for those specific questions, again, just go to the episode page and you can download that there for free. And... The other thing that I always want to stress is when you're asking these questions, don't treat it just like, I'm just going to ask this question and move on to the next one. If you feel like you haven't really gotten to the heart of it, keep asking why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, do you guys ever do that? <laughs> yeah. Like, the step, it keeps getting deeper and deeper, right? Yeah. Because that, what that allows you to do is it takes you from, because people will yeah. always almost always tell you the symptoms mm-hmm. when you ask them for something real. Like if, like if you were to say, you know, what would be, what would be so bad about, you know, not getting this website? And they'd be like, well, then we don't have, then we can't have a form on the site. It's like, well, that's, you don't really need a form. What you need is people to call you or email you. So you, you just keep asking why and you keep getting further and further to the truth. Well, and maybe just to just to clarify, that doesn't mean just with one word asking the question why. You want to be more engaging and oh, ask yeah. ask ask the follow up more integrated follow up mm-hmm. question. Yeah. And yeah, yeah just ask, then they know like, that put you're in different ways. 
it's of interest. You've been actively yeah. listening. Yeah. All that. Yeah. You don't, otherwise, you just sound like a toddler or like a therapist. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? But why, like, mommy? Yeah. <laughs> how does that make you feel? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now, you know, once you've got all these questions answered from your client or um, from your client's customer, yeah. uh, basically, now it's time to kind of really make this uh, this customer persona. So basically, it's going to come in a few different phases. So first, you're going to want to really list out the basic demographic information, which is where most people kind of stop. Stop. Yeah. You know, this is just the, <laughs> this is Sarah. This is just, <laughs> she's thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She loves hiking and granola bars, <laughs> and then it's like done. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, so the demographic info again, it's you know, it's job title, uh, whether the gender skews one way or the other. Um, and that's going to make a difference. So basically, you know, a lot of times you run into something where it's not like it's overwhelmingly female over male. Yeah. Or vice versa. But you still, you can't just have a, you know, a really generic avatar customer persona. Like you, you kind of got to pick one. And Yeah. Again, who's the most likely? Who's the most likely? Right. Right. And if it's female, that doesn't mean you have to put like pretty pink flowers all over your website. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. You know, it just. You, you know what I'm saying, but you, you do kind of have to pick a major just to ma- bring it to life. Um, so yeah, gender, um, age ranges, you know, it all helps you target the messaging on your website because you, of course, use different language um, and design choices for a 25 year old male than you would for mm-hmm. a 55 year old female. Yeah. So helps to know all that. Next, you want to go into their motivations, goals, and challenges. Um, and here's why where all those whys become so important. You know, you want to show what keeps your persona up at night, what they want to accomplish, and what can your business do to help them with that. Yeah. What's okay, uh, so, or what problem is it solving to them? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing I really always like to do on a persona um, page, you know, Mikkel, you said you kind of designed all these out for your for your client, mm-hmm. and I, I love doing that as well. And on that page, I love to put like at least one real quote yeah. from the persona. So, And these would ideally come right from the interviews that you've conducted. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, that's why I like to record them um, to capture the real quotes that kind of illustrate what the personas are worried about and what they want to get. So not only helps you hone in on the general messaging, but you can use those exact words and copy sometimes. Which is great. Like, not the entire phrase, but if there's certain words that they use, yeah, use those words. Like, yeah. Take that to your advantage. I love that. That's a great exactly. idea. Yeah. It really helps. And next, you want to go over, you want, want to list out all the common objections. This is pretty obvious um, because objections are the main thing you always want to address mm-hmm. on your website and in your conversations with customers. So, um, it's I would say it's the most important piece of info that you're going to get out of real interviews. So really make sure you dive deep with it. Yeah. When you're conducting the interviews and it's, um, you know, it's tempting to try to sidestep objections sometimes in your copy. You know, some people think like, Oh, my prices are pretty high. If I don't talk about it, they'll never think about it. Yeah. That's not how it goes. (laughs) If you know your prices are high, the best thing you should do is like anchor that to an alternative, um, explaining why your version is better or brings more value to it. You know, so 
for instance, for the deep end, you know, we aren't the cheapest out there. So I'll never say that we're cheap and I don't want to not bring it up at all, you know, but I overcome it by explaining the real cost of going with a competitor, um, which is, yeah, you'll, you'll pay less, but they'll do a lot less research and a lot less conversion optimization. So basically in the end, yeah, you pay less and you get no new customers in return. So why do it? Right. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. the real cost. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's overcoming that objection. Mm-hmm. Like it's not foolproof. Some people, yeah, they're still going to think I'm too expensive. Yeah. And that just means they're not my customer. Yeah. But you've explained you know? it the best, your best way you can. Yeah. And some people will be um, motivated by that because it makes a lot of sense to some people. Um, the next thing you're going to want to do is craft your elevator pitch, um, you know, using the main motivation from your, your persona and their main objection. And the trick is to use the word without right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it emphasizes what they get and the fact they don't need to suffer through the part they don't want. So an example of that would be, um, we make it easy for job seekers to get multiple offers from employers without filling out countless applications. Mm-hmm. It's almost, uh, so, your without is almost a benefit or a convenience in a way. Like, yeah. And you're right, by disguising it that way, it sounds like you get all this without the stuff you, you don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That you don't yeah. want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, just, it's, a good, um, it's a good little formula. Hmm. Yeah. For that elevator. Can, can you leverage it, it the helps. other way and say like, it's, it's all this, but with that, like, like if it's, if it's, I think it's more like it should be the surprise or the shocker of like w- what that benefit is to them. And, and it doesn't like, mm-hmm. so can you change it around? I mean, in a, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's no rule the, to the that. Without, like, yeah. The without I find is just a good, like I say, a formula and it solves the kind problem. Of, yeah, yeah. It get it, gets out the main motivator yeah. and then it also um, lets them know that they can get what they want without the thing that they don't want. Yes. You know, yeah. but yeah, if, if it works better to do it the way you just said, then yeah. so, so be it. And these things are never, yeah, hard I don't know rules. that that's a right or wrong. Right. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a good thing to consider uh, which one's best because it's like, you're right. I think we were reading through, um, I have a really good little like brand positioning statement that's almost like a Mad Libs and you fill in, you know, yeah. client does this for who, but in what, huh. in what unique selling point or advantage. So that last part can be, like you said, it could be the without the cumbersome or with the benefit. Like, so it's kind of like a either yeah. one. So okay. it should be, I think it should be more specific to what your findings are in your questions. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. So good way good to look at point, it nick cool. that's a good nice. yeah that's a good point yeah and the last part is kind of the fun part kind of the silly part but it's <laughs> but i like i like it it's adding the finishing touches which is you know you want to bring this person to life uh which is makes the difference between it being just a generic type yes and a real living breathing human being yeah which is how you want to treat your personas that's why it's a persona not a uh you know customer type yeah so Give your persona a name, or if you have more than one, give them all names. Even if it sounds silly, you know, it's just used internally. It's not to be posted anywhere, so, (laughs) you know. Um, And finish it by finding a a good photo that closely matches what you know about them. Um, You know, where do you get that photo? You can get it on a stock site. I I encourage you to 
try to find one that doesn't look stocky just so it looks yeah. authentic. Yeah. And you know, and I think we all know our, our secret places we go for those good things that are not so like, it's so funny yeah. now. It's like, there's no excuse for that. You got to get, you can find good stuff, you know? Yeah. And I, and what I say, and like, I'm not going to give this as legal advice because, but if you're using it internally and it's not going out anywhere, yeah. I will just sometimes go on Google or Facebook and yes. just grab someone that looks just, just someone's real photo. Because that ends up yeah. looking a lot more realistic than realistic. the yeah. staged. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, that's don't, a obviously great don't idea. do that. Yeah, don't do that if it's going to go anywhere other than, you know, your bulletin board or your client's bulletin board. But, yeah, you know. And then, if, you know, the last thing you can do here is, you know, put it all, you can either either put it in a spreadsheet, you know, kind of boring, but it gets all the information but we're designers. So let's make it a little more, let's do, give it the McKill treatment mm-hmm. and design it out. <laughs> and, uh, there are so many cool um, references out there that you can find for just do a Google search for personas and it will show you some really cool uh, ways of doing it. And there's even a tool I found on HubSpot called, uh, it's called the make my persona tool. Cool. So you go in awesome. and you it just asks you all the different questions and you put it in Awesome. and then you choose a, yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is it only gives you these like kind of illustrated avatars, avatar people. Just use the mod, just use the model and make it yourself. And f- you know what I mean? Like use this form and not how it's helping you, but plug in your own picture. Hmm. Yeah, you know. So yeah, but the the beauty of the make my persona tool is you just do it and then you you can print out a PDF. Cool. Of it. But but yeah, it'll at least give you a good uh, layout for it. Um, and he just. In the end, just put it up anywhere you need to be inspired by your customer. You know, put it yeah. on your bulletin board. Uh, yeah. Tape it to your, you know, right above your computer screen. Um, it sounds so corny, the, man, but that's so true. It it's so true, though. It keeps you in line. Yeah. And that's, the, you know, mm-hmm. keep it in your workplace. Keeps work you space. accountable. Uh, and, and if you've made a contact with a client that says, this is what we're sticking to, you have to in a way. But also, too, then when you're handing the stuff over, they're like, this is 100% in sync with what you promised. This is great. Yeah. No surprises. Exactly. <laughs> and this is and it's great when you do this for a customer because yeah, you get to now have kind of a tiebreaker. Whenever yeah. whenever your client says, "I don't really like I don't like this design." Now you get to say, "Let's go back." What does <laughs> what, is, what would Molly think of it? You know, like that's that's who we're designing for. Did we agree for. she's the buyer? Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's so true. And it helps you. You're right. It kind of helps you. It's like it's one on your side anytime there's going to be some kind of conflict with someone yeah. having. And that's when personal preference or taste comes in from the client side. So it's this is, a, uh, this is like your arsenal. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things that really – it puts a face on it in a way that it wouldn't if it were just um, kind of words on a page to have this printed out image of the person with the name, the quotes, all the important stuff. It really does um, psychologically make it easier to point at Mm -hmm. to your client and say, you know, this is who we need to honor here. Yep. Your, your opinion isn't quite as important as, fulfilling the objective of Molly here. Yeah. Um, you know, makes it, makes it a, it is something in your, in your arsenal that you can use at that point. Yeah, so definitely highly recommend it. 
it serves a great function and it you know provides that direction when it can sometimes get lost mm-hmm. along the way mm-hmm. when people forget why they're doing what they're doing and who they're doing it for so it also just makes you a more well-rounded creative and it's changing their perception of who they're working with they're like i don't think this is what's expected of of designers like you said designers are maybe in the past weren't doing this it was information given to them so now you're the one creating this stuff and you're showing so much added value um to the client i i think more of us got to do this you know we always talk about these things like everyone asks how do i increase my business how do i how do i get more out of my clients here's a uh, living proof <laughs> that it works yeah. right you know yep and it's a it's a great just added benefit that you can start charging. You know, these are the kind of things that really put you in the driver's seat as the expert, less so as just a, a quote, designer. Now you're, yeah. you're bringing a little more to the table and you can charge more for that. And you should. Yeah, exactly. All right. Nice. Well, we have a audio listener question coming up. But before we get there, let's talk a little fresh books. Because in speaking of charging more money, FreshBooks is going to let us send those invoices out with style. Yes. Because, <laughs> yep. you know, if you're spending all this time making personas, you've got a lot less time to send out invoices, right? <laughs> and who wants to send out invoices anyway? Um, you know, FreshBooks, we've been talking about them for so long for good reason. We've been using them for even longer because, um, you know, you can create and send really professional-looking invoices in under 30 seconds that are branded and really make you stand out and look like a pro uh, much more so than sending out like a, mm-hmm. a PayPal invoice does. So <laughs> it really makes you look like you know what you're doing. Um, you know, they, they've got the new notification center, which is like your personal assistant. Now, you know, you'll always know what's changed in your business since you last logged in and what needs to be dealt with right now. Like, Overdue invoices. Mm-hmm. No, I get those overdue... invoices from support yeah. people that support MKM, and they send via Google Pay or PayPal, like you just mentioned. It's like, oh, yeah. dang, I need to have talk with them. <laughs> I need to convert. It's Bush League, man. And they've got automated late payment reminders, which is great. So you don't have to have that awkward talk with your client about past right. payments. <laughs> yeah. You know? Who wants that? So FreshBook automates, FreshBooks automates late payment email reminders so you can spend less time chasing down those payments and more time working your design magic like we like. And support, Mikkel loves talking to those guys on support. <laughs> I do. They have, they, if you have any questions at all, um, their award-winning customer service is really helpful, super friendly with no attitude, and a real-life person will answer in three rings or less. It's like a genie, like it's <laughs> in three rings or less. Yeah, it's like, it's like Canadian it. genies. It's like it's better than because it's better than Canadian, Siri. But all kind. these positive attributes exist. Yeah. It's better than like claim Alexa your... and Google. You know, it's yeah. seriously. It's like better than Alexa. It's better than Siri. Yeah, love it. I like They're that. Always there when you need them. So to claim your 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. So again, freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. All right. So moving right along, we have an audio question which we love, from Ali <laughs> Galibo. So let's go ahead and listen to that. 
Hi guys, my name is Allie and I'm from Seattle. Shout out to Mikkel. I'm a graphic design student and I'm a couple months from graduating. I had a friend refer me to an internship opportunity at her company where I'd be working in package design. I really want my portfolio to stand out from other applicants and I want to show them that I understand their market and their target demographic and I have a passion for their brand. One of their products is over a decade old and in my opinion, the label looks dated. I have an idea for a redesign that I think would meet their needs. My question is, is creating this redesign and including it in my application a good idea to demonstrate my excitement for their brand and show what value I can bring their company? Or is this a bad idea because it could be received as obnoxious and pretentious? As professional designers, what would be your impression if you received an application with a portfolio piece that iterated on your own work? Thank you for your fantastic show and all your advice. Yeah, that's a great question, Ali. Um, and it's one that I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. What do you? What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, it's a hard one. I. It is. I. Yeah. Um. I love it that she followed up by asking, "How would you you feel if mm -hmm. your business, with your business, an applicant rendered something that you've done, um, but in their mind better?" Yeah. And I thought, "Oh shit, good point," because mm -mm, that's not cool yeah. with me. But. If you're interviewing for an organization that's larger, for agency, I have absolutely um, conducted interviews years ago in-house with others as a part of a panel whereby the candidate did um, not even not even our brand at the time, but it was it was UPS actually. He was like demonstrating how he could do a, a more of a polished piece of brand collateral material for UPS mm -hmm. as I like here's before and after type of thing. This is what I can do. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, so I think. But it and, wasn't. Yeah, but it wasn't their own work. It was just existing work that was out there that they kind of put their. That they refreshed. On. Yeah. That they, okay. Super that they good point. Yeah. yeah. But Nick, you've got personal experience with this. 100%. Yeah. A, re I, I, a restaurant. Yeah, and, and also, too, like, just uh, being on both ends of that situation where being inter interviewing someone and someone brought up a, a, a particular thing that maybe I had a lot to do with and mm -hmm. was saying it, mm -hmm. it it could use a redesign, and I'm fine with it. I don't – I would never take anything personally if someone says it, but on the other hand, that person at the other end of that table could be the person who did that label and could be overly sensitive and see that as a as a threat. Or as like, how dare you? I mean, you got to kind of play to that. Also, this is an internship. She's young. I think there's so many other ways she can show she's a perfect fit. I think just by knowing the brand as much as you can, it sounds like she is and she knows it, um, show mm -hmm. off what you know about the brand, the stuff we've been talking about today, like who is their consumer? What, what are they looking for? And if she has an improvement in that label, maybe the best way to do it is say like, Hey, have you ever thought of maybe talking to your consumer in more of this way or with added graphics that talk about the ingredients or whatever it is, then she's, she's not, she's not, um, I don't think it's, it's much safer, but more effective because I, I, you know, and then there was one time too, where I was designing a logo at a place I was working at and I didn't know that the girls in the next cubicle did the logo, the original logo that I was redesigning. <laughs> And she looked over and she didn't even know it was being redesigned and she got it. So it's like, it's all those little things. Oh. Like, you just got to be careful because 
I don't think you want to ruffle feathers or take the chance on it. She sounds like she's really digging this opportunity and it could be right for her. I just think there's better ways to do it that sh- aren't too, um, yeah. aren't too like you can't, you don't want to risk because that person, was, steppy. that could be, maybe there's a reason that label is still going. I mean, there's horrible packaging guy out there that is kept horrible for a reason. It looks older. It looks more established. It looks like it's trusted. So it could be killing it for them. Don't ruffle any feathers. Yeah. 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 And I liked what you said earlier, Nick, about showing that you understand the mm-hmm. brand. Um, so what I, if, you, if you really have it in your mind that you want to like have some kind of a, a package design to bring to the table, maybe you're not redesigning that one, but maybe you're iterating on a, a new fictitious uh-huh. product under their umbrella, yeah. showing th- how well it would fit with their brand. You know, showing like, oh, I know your brand so well that I think that this would be a great kind of additional product. Yeah. And here's the packaging that would go with it. Yeah. No, you know, and, and, I think that's a better move than to redo something existing. Yeah. And she might know too the size of the, if it's a very small company, chances are as an intern, she might have some say and they might ask her to do some design. But if it's a bigger company, as an intern, you're, that's probably not what you're going to be doing. So that's why I'm thinking, yeah. uh, oh, sure. make, sh- make sure true. you know where you're, where you're going to land in this, um, hmm. how big hmm. and how small this company is. I think that's just a way to look at it too and be safe because um, just show them you get it. Show them you're passionate behind it. If it is packaging, tell them that you know dye lines, you know a little bit about printing, you know about bleed, you know all the, you know about you know all those. One of my students came up to me yesterday who's now working in a packaging job, and she goes, "You never stressed about legal and how certain things had net weight had to be a certain size and UPCs had to be a certain." And I'm like. Yeah, those are things you're going to learn out there. So, like, if she could tell them that, yeah. that's what they're going to be like. Damn, she's got it. We don't have to train her on those stuff. Junior level, think yeah. keep keep in mind where you're, what jobs and what things, projects you're going to be touching as a junior or an intern. For Such sure. good advice. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, good luck. Anything Let us know how it goes. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. If she gets it. <laughs> I hope so, and I hope we're not. I think we might be a little late on actually answering this question for you, oh, Allie. Sorry about that. I wondered about the timing. But, um, yeah, yeah, but better late than never. And hopefully, even if yeah. it's uh, too late for you, someone else can learn from uh, <laughs> from our response. So, thanks again for sending that in, Allie. We love the audio questions. Um, so keep sending in the questions to questions at thedeependdesign.com, especially the audio ones, or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. And remember to access all our classic episodes by going to thedeependdesign.com slash classics and paying with a tweet or a Facebook post. All right. Anything you guys want to throw in last minute or? Ooh, all good. No, that was all great. Right. Class dismissed. <laughs> yes. Bring. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that in mind, keep designing and catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast. 